Amen. Amen. How's everybody doing today? Good to see all your smiling faces. Happy to be here today. Some of you are. I know. I know reality. Some of you were made to come. I'm aware of your pain. <laughs> and uh, my hope is that it won't remain. And by the end of this, you'll say, thank you for making me go to that service. And uh, anyway, we're glad you're here. If you have your Bible with you today, go ahead and get it out. If you have a Bible on your phone, Bible apps, uh, and, and go to the book of Second uh, Corinthians chapter 9. Second Corinthians chapter 9. I started a series a couple weeks ago. Now, this series is called Wheel of Fortune. All right. Might sound like an odd name, and it is. Uh, but it's been fun so far. And, uh, and, and the Spirit of God is going to move in this service today, right here, right now. And He's going to give you stuff that will help you. I'm confident of that. Uh, what we're doing, though, this series is designed to give you an overview of... Uh, finances from God's perspective, okay? Financial success has different layers. It is multifaceted. And we should be strong in all these different areas. Uh, I shared with you before that it's entirely possible that a person has a very good grasp and working knowledge of uh, some parts of God's financial plan, but there are other parts of their belief system and their practice that is greatly lacking. That's why, I believe that's why the Lord stirred me to, to teach this from this perspective and not go into great depth on every subject, but to give, you know, enough food, enough wisdom so that we can all uh, shore up those areas that are lacking and, uh, and endeavor to live in God's best. Now, now my heart... Uh, towards you as your pastor is to help you succeed in life. Uh, uh, hopefully you know that. And, and the reason I teach what I teach and say what I say is to that end. Um, I know the Father loves you. He loves you so much. He likes me a little bit more. But <laughs> I'm just, I don't know, maybe you got to work that out with him. Maybe you're up there, but... Uh, but I know the Father loves you. He wants you to do well in life. wants you to do well financially. You know, say, God wants us to prosper spiritually, but that's it. No, that's not true. He wants you to prosper in every area of your life. And, uh, and so we've been, we've been teaching the last couple of weeks. The first week we taught on that subject of prosperity from God's standpoint. Then last week... Uh, we, we shared with you about the subject of faith for finances. And, uh, and both of those are vital needs. And in a minute, we're going to spin the wheel and look at some more uh, of what he has to say. But uh, um, I know that God's will for our money would be that it would be used as a tool for a better outcome in life. All right. Uh, we're, we're using it. It makes our lives better. It, it is a part of God's kingdom expansion. Um, but the problem is, is, you know, we get into ditches. We get goofy with, with things like money and material items. Some people worship money and they worship things, material possessions. By the way, both rich people and poor people do that. 
it can become a problem on any line of the financial uh, you know, levels in people's lives. Uh, but some just mishandle their money. They have it and they just don't know how to do the right thing with it. And others are suffering from lack. It's really a, you know, it's a curse operating in their life. I don't mean that God gave it to you. He didn't. But nevertheless, the enemy's eating up your, your stuff and your things break down when they shouldn't. And, uh, you know, uh, investments are not prosperous and so forth. Um, so this is all, you know, a reality. But we, we, we see it and we hope everyone begins to see money as a tool. Okay, something I can use for various purposes. Use it to expand the kingdom, that's first. But secondly, to enjoy in life. Um, you know, God uses that language. Paul wrote a letter to Timothy, and inspired by the Spirit of God, he told him how, what to say uh, to those among him who had money. Okay, he said in 1 Timothy six seventeen, Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, that's proud, arrogant, haughty, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, look, who richly gives, who gives us richly all things to be embarrassed about, to feel ashamed of. No, he gives us what? Richly all things to enjoy. What does he give us to enjoy? Things. Things. You say, well, he gives us his spirit to enjoy. Well, of course, better than anything is God's anointing. You know, like one man of God said years ago, I'd rather have the anointing on me for 10 minutes than to own the world with a fence around it. When you experience God, everything else pales in comparison. But nevertheless, the scripture does still say this, that God gives us things. That's talking material things. And what should we do with them? Enjoy them. God likes nice stuff. He does. And so we should never have any kind of shame associated with success or prosperity. Or if you have nice things, God likes nice things. Have you ever read about heaven? He likes nice things. It's just got to keep its proper place in our hearts and in our lives. And when it does, then we're right on the same page with him. Amen. All right. Well, I'm ready to uh, spin the wheel of fortune again. And uh, see where we land. Hopefully it lands somewhere good. All right, go ahead. Let's do it. Well. <laughs> All right. Uh, block the doors in the back, everybody. We're going to talk about we're going to talk about giving today, <laughs> and uh, and this is a vital part of God's financial plan and financial system. So, uh, uh, giving, or as the scriptures sometimes refer to it, sowing or planting, is one of the main expressions of the Christian faith. All right, one of the most identifiable attributes that that rises up in, a, in an individual after they give their life to the Lord is that they, they cease to be self-centered, self-focused, and they begin to notice the needs of others around them. All right, It's not all about what I can get. It's about how can I help somebody else get what they need or get what they want. 
right? If you've noticed that shift in your life, I tell you, the closer you walk with the Father and have that relationship developed, the more you will, you will resonate with that type of mentality. You will think like that. Instead of every time, you know, money comes to you, your first thought is not the bill, it's not the boat or the balloon or anything else. Sorry, I was going with bees. Uh, uh, the first thought is not about what you can buy. Um, but your first thought is, cool, I have something else to give now. And when that thought comes first to you, something is really working inwardly. Because you know the outward side of us is not thinking that way. It's like, new clothes, new car, vacation, whenever you know something extra comes... But when we start thinking different, we're taking on the character, the nature, the attributes of our Father in heaven. Now, you know one of the most famous passages in Scripture. Um, you probably know it. If you don't, you could start knowing it today. It's John 3 and verse 16. John 3, 16. Famous verse. This is where Jesus said, For God so loved the world that He, he did what? He gave His only begotten Son. And so what we see there is not only the answer to our salvation and eternal life, but also what we see is the manifestation of love is giving. When a person loves, they give. The reason God gave Jesus for you and me is because He loves us. He loves us. And so it would be wrong then, it would be... Con contradictory for us to say to someone, I love you, but we never give anything to them. All right. In fact, Second uh, Corinthians 8 uses this language. It says, it, well, it uses this principle because it says it in multiple places in there. But it describes giving as the proof of our love. All right. So someone says, I love you. Prove it. <laughs> And I don't mean that's always giving in the sense of cash. Uh, it can be giving in other ways. But the expression of love is for sure that we begin to give. And, uh, and I know this. If a person has faith in God for finances, they will be a giver. Period. And so I always find it concerning when someone... Uh, takes an approach to their stuff and God's promises, but they're a little bit annoyed when you bring up the subject of giving. Almost want to imply that someone always has an ulterior motive when they talk about that. Because that it might be a, a reflection of something going on in your own heart. A little bowing of the knee and a little worship of the, the mighty dollar, right? And, and so we want to make sure and be on the right page with God. I think of it this way. Uh, uh, I think, why do I give? Or why? what moves me to give? I think it's, first of all, it's because it is the nature of the Father. If it's the nature of the Father, uh, I'm born of Him. You know, if a person says, I'm saved, but I don't really like all that talk about giving. Dude, you're saved? I'm not sure. I'm not sure if you are. I'm not your ultimate judge, but if you reject the very nature of our Father, maybe you need to get born again again. Just saying, that's the way He is, and you've t taken on... I know you really can't do that, but you understand what I mean. Uh, <laughs> hallelujah. But I give because it's the nature of my Father. I give because, like I said, 
I love. I love him. I want to give to him. I love people. I want to give to him. You know, if you, if you tell your spouse you love them, but everything is about what they can do for you. Newsflash. You love you. <laughs> right? So I'm just working on self-love. We ought to quit that. <laughs> I know that becomes popular in some circles. You just need to love yourself more. No, no, you don't. <laughs> you need to love God and then love people. That would be a better path to your fulfillment. And find out what that does to you. Find out how you get healthier doing that. Hallelujah. But I give because it's the nature of the Father, because I love. I give because it takes faith. And I know He loves that. And the more I give, the more faith it takes. And when you're strong in faith, you are strong. And I give, and now listen, this rest of it kind of be based off this. I give because it's smart. It is a smart, intelligent, forward-looking thinking uh, to give. And when, when someone sees giving as my loss and someone else's gain, they're missing the bigger picture. Because when I give, I don't actually get reduced. I do in the immediate, in the temporary, but big picture, we don't go down for giving. We actually go up. This is God's plan, and I'm thankful for it, because if he just said give, period, well, then we'd just do that out of obedience, right? But he didn't say give, period. He said give and. We'll get to that verse in a moment. But look at 2 Corinthians. You probably found that by now. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Notice with me in verse 6, 9 and verse 6. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. All right. So we can see very clear there is a, a direct connection between our giving or sowing and our reaping. All right. Now, all through Scripture, you see this comparison made between giving and what the farmer does in planting seed and bringing out a harvest. So th that's one of the visuals. It's one of the natural um, pictures that we can use to, ha to understand how God uh, set up the, this uh, financial system. And so you sow a little, you get a little. You sow a lot, you get a lot. Now, that's not hard to figure out because we look at the farmer. You're going to get a proportionate amount of corn to the amount of corn seed you, you planted, right? And uh, the, 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 the Greek word here for sparingly means stingy, all right? Basically, if you sow sparingly, he's saying if you're a stingy person, you're not going to get much back. You're just not. But if you sow in a bountiful way, you will get a bunch back, yeah? So our approach to giving should never be as little as possible. It should be, uh, you might think I'm going to jump to as much as possible, but I, want to, I would say as much as is right. As much as is right for you at this time in this situation, whatever that is. I want to give, I want to sow as much as possible, but that doesn't always mean clean out the bank. Right? I want to sow as much as possible. Why? Because my harvest is connected to it. That's why this is a smart thing to do. I don't want to throw a few bucks in. I don't want to give the Lord a tip. Okay? I want to think of it more intentionally. And I want to plant 
the right amount, as big as I can, but I want to do it on purpose. Not, not, not flippantly, not, ah, I guess I'll do that. No, 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 stop it. Be a good farmer. <laughs> do what you do and do it on purpose. Look over at the book of Luke. I want to show you this principle over here as well. These are two great scriptures that deal with this subject. Uh, it's in Luke chapter 6. And this passage is talking about a number of things, but one of the, one of the primary, primary subjects is giving in, in several verses. We want to just read the 38th verse. Luke 6 and verse 38 reads, Give and... Aren't you thankful for the word and? Give and. So it's not give, period, you're done, you're broke. <laughs> give and, Jesus said, it will be given to you. What's it? The it that is given to you is what you give. What I give, it is given unto me. I give it, it comes back. Not I give it, something else comes back. Not I give my money and peace comes back. No, I give and it comes back. Everybody okay? How does it come back? He said, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Remember? That's the nature of God. Run it over. Will be put into your bosom or thrown into your lap. For with the same measure you use, it will be measured back to you. So understand God's accounting system. How he works financial blessings is he has tied it inexplicably to what we give. Just like the farmer gets a proportional crop to what he plants, the giver gets a proportional harvest to what they plant. Should a, should a farmer, I mean, let's just look at the natural side again. Should a farmer expect a harvest if he doesn't plant seed? I mean, play it out in your mind. You're out there and you're, you're, you're driving down the road and you see Farmer John pull over at the side of the road next to his field. And... Uh, and you stop and say, hey, Farmer John, what's going on? And, uh, and he said, man, I'm just all frustrated. I'm just kind of, I'm concerned. I'm, I'm worried. I, just, I don't know what to do. I said, what's the problem? He said, well, you see my field. There isn't anything out there. It's harvest time. And I, here, I, here I am. With, I'm a farmer. I have a tractor. I have a barn. And there isn't any corn out there. Wow, that's weird. How weird is that? Farmer, land, tractor, barn, no corn. Man, that is weird, Farmer John. Something's something goofy. Something's not working here. So you start trying to help him, and you think about it, and, and you start, say, well, what month did you plant, Farmer John? Did you plant at the right time? And he says, oh, no, 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 I didn't plant anything. <laughs> that's where you put the meme up. Right? You create the meme that goes, you know. Now, wait, hold on. Farmer John, you're saying you didn't plant anything, and now you're wondering why there's no harvest. Well, yeah, I was just praying that, that, that there would be a harvest anyway. You would say, Farmer John, that's not how it works. Certainly you know this. You know God's, God's system and God's plan. But watch, watch what happens in, in, a, in a Christian's life sometimes. What do we do? Not plant and expect harvest. Not plant. Everybody pray for me. For my needs to be met. 
Are you sure that's the way this works? I think we're ignoring principles that are well established, well laid out in Scripture, that there is a planting and a harvesting. There is. Now, I know sometimes someone says, well, I don't know, how do I even get started? I'd like to be in the kingdom farming business. I don't have any seed to get going. Well, that is a place where you can pray first. And that's because of a promise over there in 2 Corinthians 9 that says that he would give seed to the sower. Right? And so if you are a sower, then he will give you seed. If you are a eater, he doesn't promise you any seed. So when it comes to us, we have to discern, is this seed or is this food? Otherwise, you end up eating your seed and planting your food. <laughs> right? But this is how the kingdom of God works. Um, we shouldn't ignore God's laws that govern financial increase. This is also why it is not taking away from. In fact, it would be unkind. It would be rude to avoid the subject, especially if someone has financial lack or need in their life. Say, you don't want to tell a poor person to give, do you? I fully want to tell a poor person to give. If I love them, I will say, listen, this is how it works. This is how God's kingdom works. Get in the farming business. As far as sowing and reaping. Now, I don't mean um, that when we're talking about this, that receiving or getting something is the chief motive for our giving. I see as I study scripture, there should be other things that are kind of priority. I'm giving to put God's kingdom first, you know. I'm giving out of love. There are motives that work there. I know with the farmer in the natural realm, the motive doesn't really matter. If you do the right thing, the ground will produce a harvest. In the kingdom of God, the motive does matter. So I'm not putting this as primary, but I'm also not taking it off the table. Does that make sense? You know, I know it's kind of spoken ill of when you say, well, you don't want to give to get. Well, not completely, but a little bit. You know what I mean by that? It's not the primary motive. And if the Lord told me to give and you're not getting anything back, well, I want to obey Him anyway. If someone has a need and I have the ability to meet that need, I want to help anyway. However, I should do this because it's smart. And God's kingdom was set up so that we could be involved in both giving and receiving. And when I know that my receiving is tied to, is proportionate to my giving, I'm just doing the math and saying, I need more. What can, how much faith do I have to give more? Everybody okay today? Let, let me talk about this for a moment. What is the main reason why you don't or why some people don't or why I haven't at times... The main reason why we don't give, I think, there could be a number of reasons, but I think uh, the primary one is fear. People, I'm talking about believers, Christians, their lives have been changed. They don't give sometimes because they're afraid. If I give this away, I will not have enough. If I give this away, what I want to do will have to be put off, or I, will, I may not be able to accomplish what I want, buy what I want, pay for what I need. Um, 
And so fear really is the issue that we should deal with. I don't, want, I don't think there ought to be fear in any person's heart. And if it's there, if it exists, I want to root it out, dig it out, throw it out, so that I can do what I do based on knowledge, based on sound um, wisdom, based on the leading of the Lord. I, I can do things for the right reason and not have to hold back because, ah, I hate this. This is, I'm, I'm afraid to do this. If that exists in your heart today, totally understood. But we can deal with that. I would encourage you, if that is the truth in your heart, um, go back and listen to last week's message until the fear's gone. That means play it again and again and again and again and again until your heart is full of faith. When it's full of faith, man, you're laughing. But, you know, I can relate to some of this. I'm, I was thinking back on my own life and my own uh, giving life. And one of the first things that kind of spooked me, if, if that's the right way to say it. But I, I was in a service and I was uh, about 20 years old in college. I didn't have a lot of money. And so I would give my tithe. I would do that first. But I'm in a, I'm in a special service um, and there's a special offering being received for something. I don't even remember now what it was. But in the middle of it, I was stirred. I'm like, I need to give towards this. And the amount of money for me, I'll just tell you, it was $500. Okay? But this is a while ago. So that's, you know, it was worth more than 500 today. Nevertheless, it, it, it wasn't a tithe. I've already given my tithe. This was an offering for me. Let's say it this way. The tithe was way bigger than my offerings. No, the offering was way bigger than my tithes. In other words, that would be a tithe off 5000 That's not what I had. Okay, this is coming out of savings. I'm a college student. It's a lot of money to me. I'm just saying it that way. It was a lot of money to me at the time. And, uh, and so I dealt with that, and I'm thinking about that in the service, thinking, ah. <laughs> and, uh, and finally I did. I wrote the check out. That's back when we had checks. Uh, um, I wrote the check out and I gave the offering. I said, did, did, it, did, it, did it leave you all that concern as soon as you gave it? No. I carried it with me. <laughs> I, drove, I, drove, I drove home thinking, junk, I just gave a big stinking offering. <laughs> to me it was big at the time. And, uh, but I was glad I did it anyway. Because sometimes I, I want to make sure I'm not being led by fear. In other words, the fear didn't keep me from doing what I believed in my heart that I ought to do. I felt it. No one else around me knew that I'm having this internal battle. But I felt it, but I'm pushing back on it and saying I'm not being led by that. I'm going to be led by Lord by the Lord and by a spirit of generosity. Be led by him. And so I pushed back on it. Did it did it just go away? No. But it helped. It's kind of like I th I think of it have you ever jumped off a cliff? I mean, like cliff jumping in the water, like in a lake. And, you know, you got your different levels and, and so forth. And, and uh, I'm not the, you know, the most daring where I'm going to go all the way to the top, but I'll jump off some things. How many know if you've ever done that before, you probably looked over and went, <laughs> and other people were doing it. And, you know, then there's peer pressure and, and all that stuff. You're going, oh, junk. Man, and uh, and finally you jump off, and then you realize you typically you realize that wasn't so bad, you know. My stomach's still up there, but you know, 
I'm okay now. And then you come back around, you do, you're going to go off again. And it's easier that time, isn't it? And you do it a few times before you know it. It's like, ah, no big deal. I can do this. In fact, I think I'm got, thinking about going higher. Right? Sometimes we deal with fear by saying, I'm going to resist it. I'm not going to be led by it. And I'm not telling you to jump off cliffs. That's a totally different subject. But whatever it is that you believe is right for you to do, especially when it comes to your money, sometimes you do it and it's like, ah, that was kind of tough. But I'm going to stand in faith and I'm going to believe God. Lord, I trust you. I believe in you. I believe in your word. I believe in your promises. And then you do it again. Because I noticed with me later on, we could clean out a bank account with thousands of dollars and not have fear. And we've done it. And I don't mean the thought doesn't come, but then it's like easily dismissed. Oh, but God's faithful. He'll, he'll take care of us. And if, and if this is right for us to do, then we'll do that. That's the way that He is. God gave His very best for us. Amen. And so, uh, you know, 2 Corinthians 9, we, we read that sixth verse. I want you to notice the seventh verse. It reads, So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves, what? A fearful giver. No, no. He's not wanting to just drive us out of, you know, and put us in a place of panic and fear and what am I going to do? He wants us to get past that into the fearful turns into the cheerful. Where I am confident inwardly and I'm not going to be moved by the wrong thing, but I'm going to give by faith and I'm not going to let fear stop me. I'm going to get past this to where giving is just a natural part of my life. Amen. Everybody okay today? Amen. Sometimes it seems like you just have to do something a few times before you're no longer af af afraid of it. Even with the farmer, is, it, is there any risk involved? Sure. If a farmer plants, you know, what about the weather? And what about some other factors there that could come in and, and uh, bugs or something like that could hit, take the crop out? There would be some risk involved. And they put all their money in the seed and all their effort. They're taking a chance. Um, I don't believe with God's kingdom there is that risk. Okay? I look at it two ways. One, if I give to someone or a, or a, min, or a church ministry and, and I don't see anything come back to me, okay, is that a total loss? It's not because that person was helped. At least I didn't waste it on something temporary. I literally, that was a successful gift. You know, if a person said, I've been given my tithe to the church and I haven't seen any, like other people have these testimonies of pay raises and all this. I haven't seen anything like that. I, 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 did I waste my money? No, we've been using it. <laughs> and people are getting saved and lots of amazing things are happening. I mean, here's what I'm saying. If, if in nothing else you rejoice, your seed changed someone's life. I can always rejoice in that. If someone else's need was met, I should say, praise God, even if I still have a need. But the other side is I really don't believe that even if we've given and we haven't seen something come back to us, I don't believe it's a, it's a, it's a done deal yet. That harvest is not going to be corrupted. You're not limited to a few months to get it back. It's still out there. Yeah? 
And when we spin the wheel and get to that part about receiving, we'll talk about it. Okay? Uh, but I'm not, it, it's not gone just because you haven't seen anything uh, come back your way. Amen? And so we got to watch out about yielding to fear. And you know First John 4, 8, remember how it says, perfect love, what does it do? It casts out fear. And so I, I, I bathe in the very love of God. He loves me and I'm not afraid because I'm never going down. I'm never going under. And if He deals with me to, to bring a tithe, He deals with me to bring an offering. He deals with me to do something along those lines. He's the one I'm given to, the one who loves me. And so I refuse to fear. Praise God. Let me finish with this today. All right. What should uh, drive or determine or be in the decision-making process of what to give or how much to give? Uh, I, I want to share with you four things real briefly. How to decide what to give. Number one is the principle of priority. I shouldn't use the word principle because that's number two. <laughs> is priority. Number one is priority. In other words, the order in which I give to the Lord makes a big difference in His kingdom. It's not just throw it out at any time. Uh, there's a difference between giving first and giving leftovers. Sometimes at our house, you know, it might be a Monday night or Thursday night, and or, you know, we're we're saying, "What are we having for dinner?" We're looking over at Amy. What are we having for dinner? And she says, "We're having French food tonight." That means it's leftovers. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and usually we don't mind that it's like well you're going to have a piece of pizza and you're going to have some spaghetti and you're going to have a taco and <laughs> it's whatever's left whatever's been from, from the other meals and uh, we'll eat leftovers we don't have any problem with that at all but if we're having guests over we've invited friends someone to come over and have dinner with us how many know that would be a little weird so what are we having? Well, you're having a taco, and you're having, you're, you're having, you know, we have a little bit of rice left over from lunch, and that would be not the best way to treat your guests, okay? And we recognize it in our dealings with people. What about our dealings with God? See, there are those that give priority-wise, meaning I'm taking, when money comes to me, the Lord, the, His kingdom is first, First, before I pay anything else, before I spend anything on me, kingdom first. And then there are those who give, and they're going to pay all their bills and spend all their money. And if there's something left over, that goes to the Lord. Say, so does that matter? I think it does. I think because He's important, we worship Him, we flip that around and say, kingdom first. Secondly, we give out of principle. Out of principle. Okay, when I say giving out of principle, I'm saying not all giving is done because God spoke in some dramatic, demonstrative way and said, give X number of dollars to this person, to this church. It's not all done that way. That's not my experience. Sometimes it's really, I'm, I'm going to be a principled giver. When I'm giving principally, I'm not giving emotionally. You know, where I can't be manipulated. Where, where, where little gimmicks have their effect on me, where you show a picture of a few starving children and there goes all my money. Huh? I don't mean you can't be moved emotionally by that. I don't want to be moved financially by that. I want to be moved by, I, I have money set aside to give. This is my tithe. This is my offerings. I'm going to give. And it's a principle with me. 
It's like today, you know, you've heard about this super blood wolf moon. <laughs> That's happening today, I think. And, you know, I, I bet uh, uh, someone's going to take an offering up around that. <laughs> I bet there's someone with a, with, with a, a ministry, a, a TV program, and there's going to be a tied, some kind of prophetic relevance to you giving a special offering to the super blood wolf moon. And probably you're going to be rich by Friday if you do it. <laughs> or not. I don't want, I want to give principally. Not be moved by these things. I get, whoa, yeah, I better give right now. Right now. No, don't think about it. Don't think about it. Just do it. And then regret it later. That's not the way I want to give. Um, tithing is a principled giving. We talk about the tithe sometime. I'm not teaching on that today. That's a tenth. That's a principle of giving. I'm saying I'm giving right off the top the tithe, the first, the best of my of whatever I receive. That's principle giving. It's not emotion led. Um, and by the way, we're not receiving an offering after this message. You know why? You know why we're not? Because it would make sense. It would probably be big, 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 bigger than the earlier offering. But you know why I don't? Because I want you to give principally. I want you to know what you're doing and think about it. Not be moved like, oh, yeah, I just need to start giving and then do it. Know what you're doing. Take this home. Read it. Think about it. Pray about it. Look at it and decide what you're going to do. Okay. Number three is give with a plan. Give with a plan. Uh, Paul told the Corinthians, he said on the first day of the week, he said, I want you to uh, lay aside something, storing up as you may prosper. In other words, prepare ahead of time. Before you ever get there, it's not emotionally pulled in the moment. You've already planned this. That way when I come, I can get the offering and, and we won't have to do it, handle it at the, at the moment. So I've, I've known some individuals that set up an account and they call it their God account. And throughout their week, their month, their year, they put money into their God account. And to them, that's giving. In fact, we do that at the church. Basically, we take the tithe of the tithes of the giving and we set it aside. That way we have a pool to give out of, to give to the poor, to give to ministries, to give to missions, different things. We give out of that. See, that's a planned way of giving. And then number four, number four, the final one. Don't forget about this. It's giving by prompting. By prompting. And I'm talking prompting of the Spirit of God who lives in each and every one of us. I never want to be so regimented, so uh, planned or principled that I can't yield to the Lord saying something to me right here, right now. That was that $500 offering that I gave at that time. That was in the moment. I didn't plan for that, didn't know it was coming. But there are times... And I'm not saying it's all the time or every day or every time you come into church by any means. But there are times when God will deal with you now. Why? Someone needs it now. Or he's tied a blessing and it's a now blessing for you. And it's hinging on you doing that. Like that testimony we heard earlier. That person, you know, gave their offering in church and got, went out in the parking lot and got it multiplied times ten before they left the service. So there are those events. Are they always? No, I don't see that always happening that way. But it's one of the things I never want to cut out of my life. The ability to be led by the Spirit in the moment. 
Amen. In all of our discussion that we're doing right now, talking about the wheel of fortune, can I encourage you this way? Don't cut out the giving part. You know, an individual came to me several several years back. I was teaching a longer series on faith for finances, and he was really pleased. He said, uh, he, he said I really like that you're teaching on finances and you're not talking about giving. And... Uh, and I said, well, great, because really I was. There was hardly any discussion of giving in, my, in, that, in that series. And, but in my mind, I, I was thinking, okay, is that a good thing or do you have a problem with that part of your life? And I just want to make sure in all my understanding of God's system that giving is very, very big with Him. And I, if I said, I just believe in God, do you have any seed in the ground? Let's keep this as a part of the big picture of our finances and believe that God will provide, amen, and exceed the need and do what He wants to do in us. Amen. Pray with me today. Father in Jesus.